Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. Great to be with you. It's October 2nd, 2017. And we are back uh, on our podcast. It's We have did a podcast, was it last week? Yes. And we were just, and so it's another, so it's our second unreleased podcast. <laughs> we... we because we do these really late at night, and so we say, well, you know, we just decided after that one that it was really terrible. We were so rusty. Yeah. And we felt like we really didn't say anything that was worth listening to. Right. And so we it's just... It's hard to believe that that does happen yeah. sometimes. Yeah, it didn't even meet our standards. <laughs> we're like, wow, that really was bad. <laughs> so that's another one that'll just be in the vaults, and one day maybe it'll be released. Um. Never. Don't think so. <laughs> but we it, didn't it, say anything bad. It does it still exist. Was... I mean, I, I guess I'll put this one as like 41 or whatever it is. And we'll just, or 42. We'll just pretend like that other one never happened. Well, we'll pretend like it happened, but no one heard it. They're like, what happened to that? Lo- the, it's a lost podcast. The lost podcast. There's Not worth finding ever again. And the, the other one we did that was a lost podcast, we actually did re-record. But I felt like I was too hard on people. Like, I felt like things I said were just not... Yeah. Peppered with enough grace. We we re-recorded it in a gentler way. More gentle way. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, man, today today was a big day. You know, Monday's my day off, and uh, so last Friday was it Friday or Thursday? It was Thursday, and our youngest daughter really wanted one of us to come up and have lunch with her on Friday. But we couldn't do that because we were having to go to Wichita Falls. And so she was really distraught about it. And so I really did at that point Thursday night want to, you know, go up and take lunch to her. And so I was able to do that today. I went to Subway. And I've never done, you know, that's the first time I've ever done that. What, had lunch with kids? It's the first time, at least in my mind, that I can remember where I took a meal up to the school. I think I've done it with you maybe before, hmm. maybe a long time ago when, Ad- when we lived in Texarkana. But that's the first time I remember going to a going to a restaurant to get food to take to a school where they already make food. <laughs> and I thought, why am I doing this? But it's a special treat yeah. to get a Subway pizza in the middle of the day. So you sent me a text and you said, you better get up there because if, you if you're not there when she's walking in she's going to be nervous and so I, I showed up at the cafeteria early and it was kind of like a you know a thing whether they should let me in or not how and early were you 10 minutes oh so that they the cafeteria ladies and justin broke protocol and they let me in the door early before miss mead was there wow to take my driver's license so we sat at uh, emerald and i sat there and she told me all about what was going on in the day and I was totally confused by kindergarten. Kindergarten's changed a lot. Yes. Did you go to half day or whole day kindergarten? I went to half day. I'm that old that I'm I went half, to half day. I'm half day, man. And I remember thinking it was the longest day <laughs> ever. And the teachers had two sets of kids. Yeah. The teachers had they had their morning kids and their afternoon kids. Yeah. And you never even really thought about. Were you that. a morning kid? No, oh, morning kid. Yeah, you? me too. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. went till noon. Yeah, I went to noon, then I walked, walked, we walked up a hill and went to a lady's house. Hmm. I can't remember, I think her name was Eileen. Went to Eileen's house. It was right across the street from the school. Hmm. 
and we stayed there the rest of the day and i guess we ate i don't know <laughs> watch tv i don't remember anything we did at eileen's house <laughs> i remember coming home i feel like this happened every day that i came home from kindergarten and i would eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with nacho cheese doritos doesn't that sound gross mm. no that sounds great it sounds disgusting I wish i could have that much salt right now <laughs> No, uh, peanut butter is actually not that high in sodium, but bread is. So Really? That's weird. Yeah, I'm low-so now. Solo? Low-so? What do you say? I don't know. Low-so? Solo? I don't think there's any way to make that sound cool. Yeah, I know. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, what was I saying about that? Why did I ask if you went to half her whole day? Oh, I was saying kindergarten's confusing now. Yeah. So you've got, there were, she was telling me about three things. Centers, stations, and rotations. And specials. And specials. And they were all like different things. I couldn't yeah. figure out what she was talking about. And then she, I said, what's your favorite? And she said, oh, pattern quilt making. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Nice. Little House on the Prairie? <laughs> like, I, love, I just mainly do the, quil- the uh, quilting patterns. I just love making the patterns. Well, good for you. That's cool. Yeah. So maybe we have a little seamstress on our hands there. We should get in Mary Butler's club that meets at the church and pieces quilts <laughs> together for the veterans or the hospital or whatever they're doing. So we did that, and then you were you were gone. You had a ordeal today, didn't you? Well, today Sawyer got some braces on. He's our nine-year-old. And he's only in fourth grade, you know, but he had to do this palate expander in the roof of his mouth, which has been traumatic, you know. And then today he got a few just four brackets on his four front teeth, you know, just to kind of straighten them up because it's going to be junior high before he gets his full set of braces. So he's getting a little braces preview right now for about six months. And, um, man, it's hard for me. I've talked on the podcast before about how I feel about the dentist and how I have a phobia and how nervous it makes me to go to the dentist, but I do it. But, um, it's really hard for me to go there and sit and watch the kids go to the dentist. I think I would rather do it myself than watch them do it. Especially whenever Sawyer's sitting in the chair. Oh, he's awful. And he's trying to, you know, like be cool about it. Did he cry today? He cried a little bit, (laughs) but only at the very end. But, you know, like you can see that their feet kind of like turn in and (laughs) you're like oh that's hurting i know that hurts yeah he was trying to be brave though yeah he was he did he did really well but it was rough yeah i mean it's just it's just hard to watch your kids do things like that even though i know all kids get braces it's not that big of a deal but still not my kids it's hard to watch my kids do it (laughs) yeah i know it was good though so he came back, and he looks a lot older with braces, doesn't he? He does. And then his haircut today made him look really slim. and Yeah. You know, he look, look, I think it looks good. He's cool. Yeah, looking cool. Adelaide's 12. She said, I can't believe he got braces before I did. But he's the only kid in his grade probably with braces. He is. So that'll be the standout thing. Yeah. Well, and, well. and tomorrow's picture day. Oh, man. <laughs> that was terrible timing. So he got his braces on the day before picture day. Well, that'll be a moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, always remember, you had just gotten those braces Getting your braces on. the day before. Yeah. <laughs> you just think you could have got them, the pictures one day earlier or something. Well, I just I didn't know. realize it yeah. was picture day. Or waited one day to get the braces on. I guess yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Because it'll be a great picture when he gets them off. Yeah. We'll take him and get some more pictures done. Okay. We'll take him outside and take some snapshots. <laughs> 
I asked him if he wanted to take a before shot, you know, uh-huh. and he said no. No, there's plenty of before shots, I'm sure, Yeah. that are out there. Well, that's cool. So that was a, that was a, a and then we got haircuts today, and, and uh, so we're, we're really taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Still not working out, though. Well, there's that little thing. Yeah, we need this once. Once we get that component. <laughs> so you know. there's this lady in our church. It's Pam. So the other day I was talking to Pam, and she was telling me that she had just done a 13 mile run. She did it Sunday. Well, yeah, she went to the the run on oh, Sunday, yeah, yeah, but she yeah, was yeah. preparing for mm-hmm. it, you know. And I mean, that just boggles my mind. I mean, I wish someday that I would be a runner. Yeah, to run 13 miles. Yeah. It's crazy. She said she never thought she could do it. She she never uh, liked running. No, I don't, I don't like it at all. I, I think maybe once you get you really get into running and you get dedicated to uh-huh. it, that you really yeah. enjoy it. The, apparently, there's some kind of euphoria that people feel when they run. I've never felt that. Me neither. I only felt I, immense pain. I just feel a lot of stuff like jiggling around when I run, <laughs> you know? Yes. I feel like, like, what is all this stuff doing bouncing around on me? Yeah, and so. and I have and and a lot of breathing problems. <laughs> For me, and a lot of tripping problems. <laughs> me too. Yeah, I think my legs are not going to want to move up that high to right. jump over that sidewalk. Right. You know, the curb. So yeah, you got to be in shape to run. So I I do better if I'm doing something that is also sort of like exercise, but it's fun, like uh, playing basketball. And then, I'll, but I always hurt my knees when I play that. Yeah. So I've got to find something. I like to ride bicycles. Well, you know, there's so always aerobics. We used to have a lot I of love fun aerobics, in aerobics. But I think now aerobics would even. I mean, I think I might hurt my knee. Well, maybe if you were doing aerobics, then your knee yeah, wouldn't hurt. It's strong. I got to work into it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But maybe that. Maybe it can make that a October resolution to figure out a way to get into some exercise zumba zumba i do like zumba because it's dancing yeah and i'm pretty good at belly dancing i think that's what (laughs) zumba is remember the controversy at wake village over the zumba yeah yeah at our last church was like what is this zumba and then it turned out to be belly dancing and you're like hmm (laughs) whatever whatever works it's tame it's very tame belly dancing right it's just kind of there's just some. I, I've never been to a Zumba class. When I've, when I've gone to Zumba, there is a little hip shaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and then somebody had a video of it and put it up on Facebook. But you're good at shaking your hips. Yeah, I'm good. You know, we could get you one of those little belts with all the coins on it. You know, those like little just, scarf belt things. Well, that would make me want to go to the gym. And then you could jingle yeah. while you're yeah, while shaking I'm dancing. Your hips. Yeah, I'm sure that would disturb everybody. <laughs> Well, he used to be the pastor of the First Baptist Church until he got this belt with coins on it. <laughs> then we had to let him go. <laughs> anyway. oh, it's so restricting, isn't it? The pastor yeah, life. The pastor life. Can't even belly dance. I'll tell you, the pastor life, it's the pastor wife. That's what's restricting. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <sighs> yeah. You're just You've got blessed. me in your clutches. You are blessed. I'm blessed. I'm too blessed to be depressed. Too, too anointed, anointed to, to be, be disappointed. disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> so I forgot to tell you that someone commented on our last podcast when we were talking about our British costume dramas that we like to watch. And what did they say? Please stop and talking. He, and th- this is what he said. And I wanted to 
get his phone number and call him and say, hey, do you, do you want to be friends with us? Because he said, hey, if y'all haven't seen Little Dorrit, you really need to watch it. It's one of L- my favorites. Little Dorrit. <laughs> <laughs> little Dorrit. And we love, we love little, little Dorrit. Little Dorrit. Little Dorrit. He said that came out in 2008. Is that when we watched it? Little Dorrit. We Little probably saw Dorrit. it, or it was probably. Well, it, was. it was in probably Eastland. That's well, possible. Right? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We saw Little Dorrit. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Well, D- the Dickens. Uh, what do you call them? The Dickens stories. Yeah, but they're they're adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Dickens adaptations are fabulous. I love them. Uh, the what's the what do you think my favorite part of Charles Dickens' characters are? The names. The names. Yes, they're, they're so, so good. good. That guy had a real penchant for <laughs> making up hilarious names for his cust- uh, characters. Yes, he did. Mr. Mr. Uh, Edwin, was it Drood? Drood? Edwin Drood. Is that the one that had Dirtles in it? Yeah, yes, Dirtles. Yeah. Dirtles knows. <laughs> Mr. Dirtles knows. It was the guy that kept cracking his back in the, uh, I can't remember which one that was, Great Expectations or the one about the, the John Dice and John Dice. Yeah. yeah I can't remember Man, what his name we've was. watched too many watched between, so many in between. All of it starts to run together now <laughs> in my mind. So. Yeah, and now we're watching Victoria. Victoria. And that's been pretty good so I'm far. I'm liking that yeah, one. It's be good. It's really clean. Yeah, it's so clean so far. Yeah. yeah, which is good. So that's where we are on, in Television Land, which is our kind of like our little escape at night. We escape into. It's funny because the BBC World. A year ago, I mean, for for the last how ten years, mm-hmm. we never watched TV at night. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, we were working at night. Now we're just like, hey, let's party at night. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. We were what, 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 so much more. What relaxing. were we working on? You were working on work, whatever your work is. Yeah, I guess so. I was writing. That's true. Now, but we're, you know, my blog is definitely suffering since yeah. we started watching so why, much why, TV. Why haven't Chad and Melissa been podcasting? We're watching TV, yo. <laughs> we're having fun. We're doing what you do. Yeah, we're just, we're not it's th- nice. I mean, having that yeah. time at, at night to just kick back. Uh oh. Oh, someone's Somebody's calling. Somebody's phone's ringing. To having that time to call, uh, decompress. Yeah. So it's always it's good. It's really good. That phone is really loud. Is it yours? I don't know. Or is it mine? Mine's got that weird. It just sound. It sounds weird. It sounds like a stomach growling when it starts. Have you I noticed have that? the same ring on mine. Yeah, it I must need, be the one that comes with the I phone. I need to change that one. But anyway. Um, so that's a nice little escape, but then you know you're back to uh, reality. I woke up this morning at for school to start at you know it was like six something, and you told me you'd gotten up earlier to get started, and you said it's been a terrible shooting in Las Vegas, and that was shocking uh, to just open that up and read about that. And I guess we'd gone to bed or something and not seen that it had happened at a yeah. concert last night. So we kind of missed the headline when it occurred, but saw it this morning, uh, a terrible tragedy. And, of course, you just think, you know, in, in the ministry, you know how one, uh, one death is such a, um, you know, just a, a life changer, a, a traumatic event, uh, something that forever alters a family. And you think of over 50 people. Um, 
that'll be having to go through that process of grieving and um you know 50, just 50 people's families 50 families yeah, yeah 50 families hundreds of people yeah hundreds of people and uh, probably Las Vegas a tourist destination so probably they're from all over the place so it'll be um really sad to see all the places that are impacted uh, by that just people listening to music and at an outdoor concert and then uh you know uh deranged madman or whatever it winds up being whatever his motive is uh just start shooting in such a compressed crowd uh you're going to hit people and just awful uh, did you read al moeller's article about that today no so dr moeller always you know i know you can always trust what he writes and it's funny when i read al moeller when I read his article, I hear it's I can hear his voice in my head. Can yeah. you do that? Yeah. Because if you listen to the briefing, listen to his podcast. If you listen to his uh, briefing podcast, you know the way he talks like this and da 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 and yeah. da 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 da. So when I was reading it, I hear the Al Mohler reading it in my head. That's amazing uh, that he's in my brain like that. But I was hearing his voice uh, read it. But he had a lot of good things to say just about how whenever and I don't want to spoil the whole article for you, but when he says. Whenever something like this happens, the question we ask is why? Mm. Why did this happen? And what we're doing is we're looking for a reason in our mind. Why did this happen? Because we, we are moral people living in a moral world, living in a moral universe. They're, we're guided by morality. Whether we are aware of that or not, whether people accept that or not, or whether they suppress that truth, we live in... You know, we think in moral terms. Right. When this happens, we don't say, oh, well, you know, that's just how humans are. Mm-hmm. We think, what's going on? Something's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. We, we intuitively know something is wrong and that there are, there are laws that are, at, that are at work. The law which would tell us what that man did was wrong uh, to his neighbors, to, to the people that were uh, there at that concert. What he did was evil. And we, we know that. And we know something's wrong. And so Mueller's article is really good about not just why something like this happens, because we live in a fallen world, but also why we ask why. Mm -hmm. And that points us to a a real big truth there. So I think that's worth reading. Have you read anything that's been good to point people towards? Well, I haven't been home all day, so I haven't read much today. Yeah. Well, we just talked about it at the when the cafeteria ladies let me in. Everybody was just shocked. And uh, so, you know certainly offer uh, condolences to those families that are affected and uh, man just a terrible that's a terrible thing to wake up to what what do you think you know as as a pastor what what do you say to people whenever some tragedy like this happens a huge you know on a huge scale like this or something smaller just in one family's life mm-hmm. how do you answer the question where was god when this happened well i think that's i mean that's one of those things where I, what i'd say is um in that moment i point people to the trustworthiness of god mm. okay so i say well i don't know why this happened because that is what people want to know and if they say if they say where is god you say god is present Mm. god is here and i and i'll there's a verse in scripture says that uh the lord is close to the brokenhearted Mm -hmm. so that his heart is for the brokenhearted so god is here with you and he's trustworthy that's all you can say 
Because the other thing that I say, and I mentioned this in sermons and lessons and things like that, is I say, don't try to work out your theology in the midst of a tragedy. Right. A tragedy is not the place to do your deep thinking about theology because you're not, you're, you're, you're so emotionally affected, you're not, maybe you can't think straight. But if you have thought through your theology and you do know God is, God does everything for a reason, mm-hmm. everything happens for a purpose, we don't live in a random universe right. god is in control god is sovereign god is good god never makes a mistake if if you can but, but we live in a sinful fallen world mm-hmm. and things that happen people get cancer and die um, children are hit by cars all these things that are off they have because we live in a sinful fallen world things are not perfect they're not there there is a sense in which god is governing the universe uh with his sovereignty but yet that that the universe we live in, the world we live in, has been thrown into frustration. Right. So that everything that we try to hope in here is ultimately going to let us down. So if we make idols out of anything here, even good things, those are not going to be satisfying. So what we want to do is to walk in godliness every day, walk in holiness, uh, pursue a relationship with Christ to learn from the Word who God is, what the Father's like, what the Lord is doing. That was loud, wasn't it? What was that? Is that your phone? Sorry. So loud. Uh, what we want to have that relationship with God that is so solid that whenever we come against a storm or a storm comes against us, that our thinking is, even in the midst of the emotional response, that our thinking is straight about this, that we don't say, where, you know, I don't trust God, he doesn't love me, he doesn't care about me, uh, that we don't uh, question. The question, you know, the, the, maybe the question is not why, it's just the point of it is to, to, to have faith in God's wisdom. Right, and, and, you know, really, if you think about it, that should be a, a motivator for us to study God's Word and to get and to know Him. You know, and to really try to know mm-hmm. who he is and know his character, because we know that tragedy is inevitable. You know, you're going to need it. Tragedy is coming yeah. to all yeah. of our lives. Yeah. If it hasn't happened yet, it will. Mm-hmm. And it really should be a motivator to us to think about, you know, how do I want to um, be able to respond in this situation when it happens. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to respond with faith. Well, how am I going to be able to do that? Only if I know God and Mm -hmm. I know what his word says and I know he's trustworthy and he's good and that he's sovereign and I can trust him. And how do you trust? What is the way that you trust God? And people say, well, how do I I trust God? How do I actively? My sermon yesterday was about pursuing uh, godliness and pursuing faith and how how do you do this? How do you pursue righteousness? How do you pursue uh, uh, faith and how do you pursue love and endurance? And how do you in gentleness? Um, the way that you pursue those things is by being obedient. Mm. So how how do I how do I exercise faith in God? Well, His Word is leading me in the paths of righteousness. So his words telling me, Chad, this is what's right. This is the way to treat people. This is the way to think. This is the way to conduct yourself. This is the way to feel. Okay, so so his words instructing me in in the form of commands. Hmm. Do this. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. 
So the way that I trust God is I actually read what he tells me to do, okay, the way that a, a child would trust their father giving them instructions. Right. And so when I'm telling the kids, hey, trust me, if you get on this roller coaster, you are going to have fun. But I don't know. It's really tall. It goes upside down. I don't want to go upside down. Trust me. Get, get on the roller coaster and keep your eyes open. And you're going to have fun. Just, yeah. d- just do it. Just, I'll ride it with you. And we'll have a great time. And then at some point, the kids has to trust you because they're so scared. They trust you. They get off the roller coaster. That was the most fun I've ever had. Well, as he's giving us commands, he's telling us what to do. As we obey those commands, uh, that's how we're trusting him. Because right. there's other things that we could do. So whenever I decide that I'm going to deliberately disobey his commands, I'm not trusting that his way is best. Mm. And I'm being my own God, and I'm saying, these commands are not good for me. What I want is better for me. Right. And, and that's idolatry, because then we're, instead of obeying and trusting the Lord, we're obeying and trusting ourselves, mm. our own ability to reason through something. Right. And it's not, that's not a good foundation off of which to work. Because you are always going to make bad decisions. Right. Because, and, and we think, well, I don't want to do that. That's no fun. That's not good. Right. But I think you get to a certain point in your discipleship. I think this is where I am, where maybe my fatigue, my cynicism, there's a lot of things that can cause me to not actively obey the Lord. But I, but I do know in the midst of that disobedience, I'm not, this is not the best way to live. At least I've lived long enough to know that whatever God is saying to do is right. Right. And, and then, yes, if I choose to sin, it is going to come back and bite me in the rear end. Mm. There's going to be a consequence. It's going to be negative. Right. So I'm trying, I'm trying, you know, I'm failing, but I'm trying. It's, but it's not a matter where I ever think in my life, well, I don't trust God. Mm. I mean, act like I don't, but I think I... You get to a certain point in your Christian faith where you know, okay, what he is saying is right. right. So whenever I hit the tragedy, I may feel, well, God doesn't love me anymore, you know. Um, but that's not—that's never going to be the case. Right. So then I have to—I have to. What I've worked out before the tragedy strikes is going to have to be the thing that sustains me through the tragedy. Right. You can't rely on how you feel about it. You have to rely on what you know but is how, true. But how do people do it? They get really spiritual when the tragedy strikes. And then they say all sorts of stupid things. So people get into saying, well, we're standing in the middle of a hurricane. We're standing in the middle of a f- wildfire. I mean, we have seen crazy weather, haven't we, mm-hmm. lately? Yeah. And then, you're, then you see crazy people. You're standing in the middle of all this, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then people come up with all sorts of weird things, like in the hurricane, someone pronouncing, I saw something that's, uh, the other day, well, we're about to lose the mute. Right. Uh, <laughs> The, the 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 outro music. So I guess our last podcast it was short for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't long winded enough. We were we were like stretching it. Yeah. But somebody w- said if we would repeal the law that made marriage, gay marriage legal, and 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 outlaw abortion, then Hurricane Irma would be diverted by God. Uh, <sighs> like, like you just think, what on earth? What are, why would you say that? And, you know, you think about, and I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I'll just lay the cards on the table. I mean, I am deeply skeptical of 
that sort of talk that you see on cable Christian television shows and and you think about what these people are saying. You know, think about when they're telling you that you got to get your healing and it's coming if you'll just give them $79. You know, and they're wearing eyeglasses or contacts. You know, they're going to get they're going to get the healing or you're going to get the healing, but it's not good enough for them, I guess, right? I guess not. They need to write themselves a check and get their eyes fixed. <laughs> That's why faith healers don't work in hospitals either. <laughs> but people, they just pronounce all these things that they're so confident pronouncing things on behalf of God. You should shut your mouth. Yeah. I'm getting tough now, right? This might be one of those lost podcasts. Well, I, and I have a feeling there's going to be plenty of talk like that coming out of this Las Vegas shooting. Oh, of course, <clears throat> because where did it happen? Sin City. Yeah. You know, it happens in a place where, where but you know, that's the thing. There are There are guys that are doing great work in Sin City. Mm -hmm. Where else would you be able to see the effects of sin and the way that it hurts people other than when you're right there in the midst of it? Why are the churches in Las Vegas growing? Is that's the reason. Is you don't have, they don't have to, they're like, yeah, this is, this doesn't pan out. You know, Uh, the house always is going to win. And the house is going to take advantage of the people working for the house. Mm. It's just, you see the sin, you see the brokenness. Where was, where was God in that shooting? He was there. And he, was, he, and he loved the shooter. And he loved the people who were shot. And he's near to the brokenhearted families now. Um, he hates sin. He punishes sin. And that's what we see on the cross. You know, I pointed, pointed that out, I think, the week before last in the sermon. You look at the cross, you see that's where God's justice against uh, this terrible sin like his justice, you see it there. Mm-hmm. That sin's going to be punished, but you also see his great love for sinners. And so, man, it's those are tough questions. We wrestle with those hard questions. You never quite know what to say, and you're never going to say anything perfect. Um, but it is a, it is a, it's it's good to maybe not be so definite in your pronouncements. Right. And I think Christians are quick. In these days, everybody wants to just jump up. You know, this is the thing. I, even yesterday, I was watching the Cowboy game, which was awful. And, you know, I just have this – I don't know. I'm, I'm so frustrated with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they, can, they can play like a Super Bowl championship team in the first half and then come out and look like you're, they're not even going to make the playoffs in the second half. So as I'm experiencing this frustration – I just had the urge to get on social media and just say something like, Dax out of gas or something like that. You know, these cowboys are terrible. Yeah. But see, now we can do, you know, what would you would, couldn't do? What could you do in 1995? You, you would just run, yell you, at the TV. You would say to your roommate, can you believe this? You know, or maybe you would call one friend and you would say, this is crazy. But you didn't put yourself out there because then you say something. Let's say you say something stupid on Facebook, which I do this regularly. You say something stu- <laughs> stupid on Facebook. And you know what happens? 50 people jump on there. Yeah. People you don't even really know. Right. And, they're, and they're like, you're stupid. You're an idiot. This is crazy. Or, or that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> You know, I was reading more of those, right? Well, when I post, is people are like, "Wow, that's incredible! What insight!" No, they don't think that. But you know, it's it's a, it's kind of a, um, it's a place for instant feedback, and you know, I think Facebook 
Instagram, Twitter. She had a lot of fights on Twitter. Um, and I don't even tweet, thank goodness. But at the, you, you, you say they're producing a lot of, what do they say? You're producing a lot of light but no heat or producing a lot of heat but no light. I guess that's what it is. Produce a lot of heat but there's no light. It's, it's not yeah. very, it's not really, we're not really getting anywhere. We're just all saying. It's not very illuminating. Yeah. This is not uh, uh, the best thinking on the subject. And, you know, um, I have tried. I want to try to not be so guilty of that. So I made myself not text anything about the Cowboys yesterday. I thought you did. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. I think did. I commented on some people's things. Oh, okay. But I, I didn't post anything. <laughs> Come on, it's baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> baby steps. You got to get there somehow. Oh. That was baby steps, Melissa. Anyway, um, our hearts certainly go out to everyone mm. who was involved in that shooting and who will be affected by it in the future. And lots of prayers going out to all those people. It was a terrible situation. And that's another interesting thing. You know, you're talking about the the heart of sin there. People playing, you know, the gambling and uh, the legalized prostitution and all that. And then the governor, I, I read somewhere, the governor comes out and says, please pray for us. You know, you don't. it's interesting that people turn to God when they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. They just naturally uh, turn to God, um, even well, wait, if they well, don't know him, you know. Well, I saw it. Did you see the... The piece today about the fellow who says that he believes in God now. He was there that night. He was there mm, last night. I didn't see that. And he says that he definitely believes in God after that mm. night. That's but, you know, we saw that happen with 9-11. Mm, yeah, that's you true. Know, there, was a, there was a lot of... Full churches. There was a lot of turning to church to try to get answers of some kind mm-hmm. or a feeling of some kind that people wanted to have. Yeah, and they got the feeling, and then the, the emotion passed, and then they... You know, they acted on emotion. In yeah. that case, emotion was driving people into the churches. Right. Most of the time, I think emotion keeps them away. You mm-hmm. wake up in the morning, I don't feel like going. Mm. You know. But anyway, I've got a sermon on that. You can listen to it. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> and I'm excited. And I'm going to give that sermon in uh, oh, Solid Rock Camp at Solid Rock Camp on October 20th. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to speak October 21st, right? I think my actual sermon is saturday not friday oh yeah it is so melissa and i are melissa's sort of the headliner wouldn't you say you're the headliner no not at all okay she's not the headliner (laughs) but she's kind of the big cheese i mean she's got the most um of all the people speaking you probably have the biggest platform i don't know you got a big platform (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean that to insult you i am melissa never likes it when i say she has anything and it's big right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no comment. Don't, don't say it's big. It's going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. I don't really know how that happened. So, anyway, I am speaking. This will be my first time to ever speak, get, like give a formal talk about sex. That's what my talk is about. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> you, it's a Christian conference. <laughs> You're going to talk about sin? Uh-huh. No, oh. not sin. No, no, not sin. Married sex. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's why I'm saving myself for my second marriage. It's wrong. <laughs> well, that'll be kind of awkward. No, yeah, just your wife was in there talking about sex. Well, you won't be in there. Okay, that's good. 
Yeah. Women only. It's a, it's a, it's a women's talk, and what is it? What's the the um, title of your talk? Do you know? The the title of the talk is. In your marriage, sex should be spiritual. Mm-hmm. A deeper connection than just the flesh connection. Yes. You know, and that's so. That is what it is. Yeah. Um. And you know how you can you know that it's so much more than just, you know, genital pleasure. How? Because <laughs> there's like three kids laying in there right now that we can look at every day and say that means so much more than just pleasure. That's true. You know, um, that's that's what's there's, amazing. There's my about evidence it. that you're not saving yourself for your second <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's like some kind of realization every kid has at some point, right? You're like, oh my gosh, my parents did that, and that's why I'm alive? (laughs) 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 This podcast is probably going to get flagged on iTunes or something because we're talking about this. And you're just like, oh my gosh, that is so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. So they'll come to that realization. Yeah. Yeah. The other day I was trying to kiss you, and the kids kept walking in. And they were like, what in the world is that? (laughs) They've seen us kiss before. Yeah, they have. They actually have seen us kiss before. But, you know. They don't like it, though. They do not like it. I like it. (laughs) In fact, let's wrap this sucker up and go kiss. (laughs) No, but, yeah, that's going to be a good talk. My talk will be... A little more. It's kind of a. The conference is. A, it'll be at Solid Rock Camp. Do you know the name of it? Do you remember the it's name? It's called the Purity, Purity of Mind. Purity of Mind conference. conference. Okay, that's going to be at Lake Leon. Mm-hmm. If you want to come, um, you could contact Solid Rock Camp. That's in Eastland, Texas. Um, you could look that up. I'm sure they've got something on Facebook. You're more than welcome to be there. Uh, there will be um, a Friday night session and Saturday morning and afternoon session mm-hmm. and there'll be several talks sort of about purity of the mind and and there'll be a component of it that kind of t- speaks into what we're seeing happen in the culture and that'll be interesting to uh, especially in light I wonder if any if any of our talks I, I'm going to share the gospel one night and then share a sermon the next day um, a talk on sort of the problem with, with our, the way our culture reacts to things and the, the way we think with our feelings instead of um, according to God's word. There's there uh, on the women's the, the the men and women sort of have separate tracks. Yeah. We we meet together for some things, but the women's sessions are going to be really interesting. There's a there's a parenting panel discussion, mm-hmm. and that's all of us together mm-hmm. uh, about parenting in the porn mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. A lot of it will have to do with, with you know, on my, for the women's side, you know, my husband's looking at this, what do I do? For the men's side, we're going to talk about purity and how to not uh, fall uh, subject to that temptation. There's even a session called Forgiving Your Husband When You Don't Feel Like It. Yeah. You need to take notes. <laughs> I'm going to be in that one. Yeah, I'm going to be in that one for sure. <laughs> but anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that conference shapes up, especially in light of the... You know, Hugh Hefner's death has really brought some of the thinking about these issues into the um, mainstream. When a person dies, usually you know you, you eulogize them and say good things about them, and I think people have not been hesitant to jump on there and say, "Hey, 
uh, this person was not good. This person was, did more damage to women and to our culture than, you know, he was kind of the poster boy for that. Yeah, it's been so interesting reading the reactions to his death because it's not often that someone who has that sort of celebrity status mm-hmm. is um, is run down so much as he has been since his death. And it's been so interesting. That article that was in the New York Times, uh, that op-ed article. What was was the guy's name? Uh, I can't remember. I'll 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 link to that article. Ross Duthit, do something like that. Yeah, I'll link to that article because it is truly a scathing. It's it's like a scathing obituary of Hugh Hefner, and it is truly. I mean, if you want to face some hard truth and hard reality about our culture and about the role that Playboy and Hugh Hefner and people like him have played in it, mm-hmm. it is just, man, oh, you one, really can't deny it. You cannot deny it. But I put up an article today that was better than that one. It was talking about a, a, a piece that appeared in on a blog, and then it was run by Christianity Today. And, it, and this guy was saying... The, the original piece is what you need to read because Christianity Today took all the teeth out of it. Mm. Now, this was in 2003. It was an article from 2003 talking about um, Hugh Hefner and how pornography actually just, just it's, it's a crazy thesis. You need to read it. I, I, I probably can't even explain it well enough, but talking about the, the pornography actually makes everything homosexual. Hmm. And it was talking about how, <clears throat> you know, pornography really removes real women from the sexual experience. In, in pornography, the the woman is many times the aggressor. A woman is seen as being just as, um, I don't know the term I would use there, the, just as interested and in driving the sexual acts as the man, which mm-hmm. is not real life. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman's sex drive is not the same as the man's sex drive. The man's sex drive should should prompt the man to get off the couch, to stop playing video games, and go find a, a woman that he can pursue and he can court and he can love and he can marry and he can procreate. You know that's the drive that's in the man. Mm-hmm. And but it turns you know basically the pornography turns the woman into someone who's like a man. Don't be like a woman. Be more like a man. Mm. And so and and the the average you know uh, height and weight of of women that are in that industry or that are featured, they're, you know, they're way below the average weight. And, you know, they just, there's boys with breasts, I think is what the guy said. Um, and it just, it, t- it takes real women out of, you know, mm. sexuality. Well, it's the same thing homosexuality does too. It takes women out of their equation mm. and it just comes in just equal sex drives using each other for pleasure. Mm. It takes away the possibility of norm, normal sex, normal procreation, procreative loving sex, where there is that spiritual connection. It changes what it is, mm. and pornography has changed what it is. It's not what it. It's not what it is anymore. Uh, it's not true. What I would say, according to the normative biblical sexual ethic, it's not that anymore. Mm. That has become what mainstream sex is, and now it's, you know. Um, twisted, perverted, and from what God's design initially was is broken. And yet this is what has become the norm. Mm. And so I think that's interesting you think of him and uh, sort of what you said before we 
came on the air. You said, uh, you know, we could talk about legacy. Mm-hmm. What is what that? That's quite a legacy to mm-hmm. say. You know, you had a hand in destroying Western civilization. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and there have been a lot of those who were destroying Western civilization. Uh, and I think, in I would say my generation, there's more of a sense of that than maybe, you know, I'm Generation X, the generation directly preceding me. And our you and me, our generation, that we see, man, this is messed up. And there's, I think that's why you see so many uh, a rise in homeschooling. I think that's why you see a rise in stay-at-home mothers, mm-hmm. is going back to something that was going back to practices that that predated World War II, the the pill revolution, the sexual revolution in the '60s, the the psychedelic revolution in the '60s, the the uh, peace movement in the in the '60s and all those things. Yeah, it's it all that that generation drove so much, accumulated so much wealth. Even though they the, they were the tune in, turn on, drop out revol- uh, uh, generation. Now I think our generation is going back to say, what are the old ways? Because these ways don't work. Right. I think yeah. you see that in church. You see a rejection of seeker sensitive. I mean, we sing. A, have you noticed how we sing a lot of hymns in church? Yeah. We sing a lot of new hymns. But it's not, we're not necessarily just singing pop music, mm. you know, that sounds like what's, what's on the radio. Right. But 20 years ago, when you went into a hip church, it all sounded like music on the radio. Right. So diff- different, uh, different ways of thinking of that. But what is the legacy? What's the legacy of the shooter? And what's the legacy of Hugh Hefner? What will your legacy be? And, yeah. And, what, and, and the other thing that has really broken my heart is thinking about all of those people who, you know, had no idea they were going to be gunned down that night at that mm. concert. What kind of legacy are, did they leave behind? Yeah, you know, are we, are we? they were uh, many of them were young. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we really need to think about the fact that, you know, we're not all going to live to be eighty five. You know, we're not all going to be ninety one like Hugh Hefner. Mm-hmm. Things are going to happen, and, you know, we need to think about what kind of legacy we want to leave behind for our kids and our grandkids and all the generations that are coming after us. Mm, good word. I think that's a good word to end on. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, and we will will uh, see you back on next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll put some links down here of some things that we talked about that you might want to check out. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, Thank y'all. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.